believe that in the 21st century, the topic of periods remains a taboo. My name is Leah, and in this podcast, I interview different people from different walks of life and different stories, and we talk about periods, because it is time to normalize the conversation around our blood. This is I Bleed. I discovered Mandy when I was doing research about free bleeding. In her platform, The Bleed Read, Mandy describes her experience with free bleeding and her reason behind doing it. I was drawn to her approach. Her platform shares information about periods in a positive and easy way to digest. I got in touch with her and we agreed to have this call. In this episode, we talk about period poverty, education, culture, and her experience in free bleeding and what it entailed. My background is in um, women's health and public, well, public health and then a focus on um, adolescent and women's health. Um, and so I've always been involved in the public health space, um, working with communities, but mainly around HIV. Um, and so this project sort of came into my lap and they were looking for someone who would do a PhD on the menstrual health component of um, this study and I yeah I was like okay I'll, I'll give it a go so always been interested in women's health but never particularly menstruation um, but I think everything happens for a reason and once I started reading up on menstruation in Zimbabwe it was very clear to me that there's so much to be researched on and so much that um, so much information that we we don't know about how women experience menstruation and I don't think that's particular to Zimbabwe I think that's across the globe um, right mainly because yeah mainly because you know nobody talks about it we've only started to talk about it now and also as women we all experience menstruation differently um, either based on our history or the makeup of our bodies or where we grow up. We either have good feelings or bad feelings about menstruation. We prefer one product versus another. Sometimes we don't have a choice of which product we use mm. um, and all of that kind of stuff. So having sort of started to look into the research on menstrual health, I found out that there wasn't much research on it in Zimbabwe and that there are a lot of questions to be answered. And I'm with this PhD, I'm only, ask, I'm only answering just a fraction um, of, of the questions that are being asked. But, um, you know, hopefully this leads to further research and looking into other types of bleeding, like abnormal bleeding and, you know, um, people who suffer from um, severe premenstrual syndrome or PMDD and, you know, experiences of pain, experiences of depression around menstruation um, and all of that kind of stuff. There's just so, so much to learn. Um, right. And I'm excited part of it yeah and what was like for example the most shocking finding that you've come across uh, since doing this research what was something that you didn't know that was like that kind of was like an aha moment for you while doing all mm. this research yeah I think what we what I knew anecdotally so just from hearing people talk is that it's really hard to find um menstrual products to use especially in Zimbabwe where the economic situation makes it particularly difficult for um, women to be able to afford um, menstrual products and we're talking about you know the very basic ones so 
like pads or tampons. Um, but then going into the research, we find that um, there's some really severe cases where women have been have resorted to using things like um, uh, mealy cob, if you're familiar with that. No. So it's like a like maize, the cob, a maize cob, as a form of as a menstrual product. So essentially, using the cob, inserting it into the vagina and just blocking the flow of menstruation. Oh my God, for real? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Yeah. So there were instances of that for, in really, really um, desperate situations. We've had instances of, we've recorded instances of that. Um, or girls just staying home for their period, not going anywhere, just sitting on top on the toilet for however long it takes because they don't have anything to use. Wow. Right. But would you say, would you say, I'm just curious, right? Because I think there are like two kind of ways of looking at periods and like the, the, the trend of like how to tackle period, period poverty, right? Like there's one mm -hmm. thing where, mm -hmm. where people are saying what, what, what women need are products, right? But then I, mm -hmm. from my understanding, it's like products, yes, I think everybody's entitled to have products, but I think that the, the, mm -hmm. the biggest, um, failure in the system is the fact that we're not uh, given these girls the proper education around around their menstruation uh, girls and boys uh, as a matter of fact mm -hmm. and that's what leads to the taboo and the shame and the wanting to hide it would you would by doing the research that you've been doing have you found this to be true like have you found that educate like the lack of education around menstruation and the lack of talk around menstruation is also is somehow also contributing to the taboo around periods? Yeah, definitely. I would definitely agree to that. I think when we think about menstruation or when we're assessing women's experiences of menstruation, it has to go beyond just the products. It's a matrix of what do they know? So what are their, what is their knowledge? And then the knowledge also affects their perceptions, right? So you might know everything about periods, you might know what a period is, but if you just think of, menstrual blood as disgusting or um, you think of yourself as dirty when you're going through your menstruation it's never going to be a positive experience so I agree that there's an education aspect but it's also looking around you know perceptions of it what are the social cultural norms and understandings of and beliefs around menstruation as well because sometimes those beliefs are not really based on fact but just a common understanding within a group of people. And you're totally allowed to have your feelings about things, right? Like we can't, we can only do so much when you give people information, they can still choose to say, yeah, I know that menstrual blood is not dirty blood, but I think of it as dirty. And right. there's only so much you can do to change those perceptions. Right. So right. I think when we think about, yeah, when we think about period poverty and we think about the experiences of uh, how girls experience their periods, it's a matrix of things. It's how they think of it. It's what they know and it's what they use or are able to use. Right. Definitely. Um, yeah. And I think another thing that's come up in our research is there's a big push around period poverty to provide products. Um, but I also think it's so important to be really context specific because there are environments or there are groups of people that may use something that's unconventional. So they might use um, old t-shirt mater material that they wrap and then lay down in their underwear. And that could work perfectly fine for them. I don't think that there's anybody who 
And if, it, if they're able to clean it properly and dry it properly and then use it again, I don't think we need to come in there and say, don't use cloth, use a cup. And it's like, but right. what I'm using works. Yeah, what right. I'm using works. Maybe you, we can talk around, you know, the, the hygiene aspect and say, you know, make sure you dry it in the sun, um, you know, make sure all the bacteria is killed, make sure you wash it properly. But if it's working for them and they are happy with that product, that's also okay. Exactly. Yeah. That's, I think that's so important what you're saying, because I just feel like, you know, even in terms of like when you're an advocate for uh, period uh, equity, I, I just feel like uh, becoming radical and thinking that my way of doing things is the only way, the only right way, yeah. is kind of uh, not the, the best way to go about it. Right. Like, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And tell me, how did you, what made you decide to start like the Bleed Read, the Bleed Red, the Bleed Red, is it the Bleed Red? Am I pronouncing it correctly? Uh, Bleed Read, Bleed Read. The Bleed Read. Okay. So what, what drove yes. you to start the Bleed Read? Um, so I started the Bleed Read uh, mainly because um, of my work. So in sort of doing this very science-based research, I just found that people, I was having conversations with people about periods that I had never had before. And a lot of people had a lot of questions. And as much as um, scientific research is extremely important and academ academia is extremely important, not everyone is going to take the time to read a journal article on menstrual cups or has right. access to a journal about um, menstruation and menstruation pain. So I really wanted to um, use the Bleed Read as a platform to disseminate information in a really easy and relatable way. Right. Um, and also, you know, create a platform where other people could contribute to the conversation as well and give their experiences and give their answers to certain questions so that we could um, exchange and learn from each other. Um, right. And more than anything that you might read a blog about um, the hymen or you might, you know, come across a picture on my Instagram of the vulva and that might give you something to talk about with your friends, something that maybe you hadn't thought to talk about before, but you do now and you find out that, hey, I'm not alone in feeling this way or, oh, this is how you've dealt with period pain. That could be helpful to me as well. So right. just really facilitating like dialogue and conversation. Have you faced any challenges like with that? Like, where did you have some some people telling you like this is disgusting? Please stop talking about this. Like, have you have you had any of this kind of comments? Yeah, I mean, I have had a few people who are like who will say something like this doesn't need to be on the internet or I don't need this on my feed. And in that instance, you know, you are completely <laughs> welcome to unfollow and not engage with the platform. That is completely your prerogative but I've also had people who say it is really uncomfortable to see this on my timeline or on my feed but I always look anyway because sometimes I do learn something I didn't know before right that's great um, and so yeah yeah so that's been really really great and um I mean to some extent maybe I some of the stuff is supposed to be a little bit um um provocative because the point is to say this thing that you think you shouldn't be able to talk about or that you shouldn't be seeing on your timeline should totally be normal to see and talk about. Right. Um, right. And right. Let me just challenge you to have a think about that. Like, why is it, why are you uncomfortable with this? Right, right, right. Th that's great that you managed to use like social media 
for that, right? To kind of open yeah. people's eyes to a different reality than the one that they live live in. I mean, for me, like when I like, you know, the thing that caught my eye was I, I think you had a post about about flea bleeding, and I wanted to talk to you yeah. about that because I, I just feel. Yeah. The concept is so wild, right? To free bleed is such a wild concept. And I want to know more about what drove you to do this and what, what were the benefits or like, what did, you, what did you gain by free bleeding? And what is free bleeding actually for those who don't know what free bleeding is? Yeah, so um, I was just looking up different topics to address on menstruation, uh, things that were trending on social media or things that were, you know, trending in different circles of friends and free bleeding came up. So free bleeding is essentially allowing the menstrual blood to flow out of the body without using anything to impede or absorb the flow. So that's saying during your period, you don't use a cup you don't use tampons, you don't use pads. Um, this is, if you're, doing, if you're going to like the extreme of what it is, you don't use cups or pads or tampons or period underwear or anything. You just wear your normal clothes and you allow the blood to flow naturally. Okay. Um, and what it is, is it's a practice. So it's something that you can do to see how you feel about it. I know people who do it because it makes them feel more connected and in touch with their body um, but more than anything it started off as a sort of political and social um, message to say that there are people out there that don't have the choice of to free bleed or not they don't have the products they don't have access to anything that can help them with the flow and so they free bleed because there is no other choice right, right. Um, so where where you free bleed and you're showing people that for, for most women across the world, this is not even a choice. And when you free bleed in public and people are uncomfortable um, at the sight of menstrual blood um, leaking through your clothes or down your leg, it's really to say, this is the reality for a lot of people. And what can we do about it? What are we going to do about it so that women don't have to um, leak through their clothes because they are don't have access to products or they don't have pro- they don't have access to products that work right right and what did you experience when you did the free bleeding like what what was your experience like yeah so i i definitely wanted to sort of write a blog piece on my experience because i spoke a bit about it on uh social media and had a lot of people sort of ask me like okay we're all for period positivity but this is taking it too far or um you know what was the actual experience like were you able to go to work were you able to you know exercise and so I wanted to write about the experience but like I just you know sort of stated before I also wanted to write about why it's important people know about it and why people um do it Um, right and so my, yeah, yeah. I just want to say, because I think that's the, that's the key part that a lot of people miss because a lot of people seeing as like a shocking statement uh, to create some period positivity. But I don't mm-hmm. think like the narrative around like uh, free bleeding as in to highlight the life of those who don't have access to product is very much uh, communicated, right? I think we... Yeah we often just get caught up with the fact that like, it's so shocking and it's so like, you know, that we forget like, or maybe that message is kind of diluted somehow. Yes, I agree. Yeah. And for me, that was by far the most important aspect. 
Yeah, definitely. I mean, definitely. Now that you say it, it's so clear, right? So, mm -hmm. so yeah. So if you can walk me through your experience, like what, what did you feel, and what was it like for you? Yeah. So, um, I free bled. Obviously, this was during uh, lockdown. Um, well, it was a level of lockdown where working from home, but you're able to access like the shops or anything that you need, but most people are working from home. Um, and so that made it a little bit easier for me and that I could just stay in my, in my home and be comfortable. Uh, so the first two days I essentially just, uh, worked from my room, had a few towels piled on my chair and bled and bled onto the towels. Right. And, um, yeah so in in that way it was fairly e it was fairly easy i also don't have i do want to sort of preface this to say i don't have a very heavy flow and so i know that my experience would be very different from somebody who does have a heavy flow right right um yeah so just to put that out there and so um yeah the first couple of days were, were flying i think i was surprised at myself at how um despite the work that i do and um, being very period positive and you know speaking around periods quite freely how nervous I was about bleeding through um, when I was not in my room so right. if I had to go to the kitchen to make a cup of coffee or you know go to the bathroom I wore dark pants um, and you know was was relieved when no one else was in the room but if someone did come into the room I'd be like oh oh no like, I really don't want to leak. Uh, and I think I, I had to, like, reflect on that. Like, why was I feeling that way? And I think despite all uh, knowing that there's nothing wrong with a period, I think I still have some of this ingrained in me that um, when you leak through, it's a mistake on your end. It says something about your inability to, like, manage yourself. And so I, could, I think it was also really good to come to that realization because it helps you understand how you know when people go out there and do a talk on being period positive or do a seminar or whatever they expect there to be immediate change and change is going to take time but do you think at one point if you would to free bleed like not you or anybody else there, there would be no shame associated do you ever foresee that to happen or is it so ingrained in I us? I do that see that like... happening. I mean, there are definitely pockets of people, groups of people who um, who take pride in period blood, and so in those groups of people, I can definitely seeing that. Ha I can definitely see that happening. Um, but I, what I, what I hope for more than that is that the discomfort that one feels when they bleed through, or the discomfort they feel when they observe that someone else has bled through is going to push people and governments and policymakers to make sure that all people that menstruate have access to a menstrual product that works for them right so the discomfort yeah right so we might not be able to get rid of the discomfort completely and the shame that comes with um, bleeding through your clothes but if we're if we continue to be uncomfortable about it let's do something about it so no one has to go through that right I mean, to be it's, honest, think, it's yeah. I, it's shocking what you said because I'm like, you know, it's kind of, I'm imagining like a young girl who never had, like, unlike you, who was not like, 
geared toward period positivity. So she already has mm -hmm. all these negative things about period. Plus, she doesn't have access to product, and she has to free bleed. Like, of course, mm -hmm. she's gonna like she was not gonna want to go to school, and she's gonna have some kind of traumatic experience every time she gets yeah. her periods, right? Yeah, exactly. Wow. Exactly. Right. And was there something positive that you experienced while doing this? Was there a positive aspect to it? Um, I think definitely, um, I mean, during the process, I've always been really in touch with my body. And so I'm like, I'm the kind of person that I can feel my period coming. Uh, they, like we could just be like, okay, yeah give it about 10 minutes um, um and so it was a good it was a nice experience in that way um to just be um able to be sort of almost meditative about the experience right um but I think what I most enjoyed and what I got from it the most is once I was able to share my experience the kind of conversations I had with people after that was what was really really great um to talk about you know, this idea of ingrained shame when you bleed through or um, who, who you would go to if that were to happen to you, um, how you feel about yourself afterwards. Those conversations were just really amazing. Um, and I, I think that's probably the biggest part about sharing your my experiences that it allowed others to share theirs, whether it was a free bleed ex practice that they did intentionally or whether they were talking about a a night where they went out to dinner with their partner and, you know, bled onto the restaurant seat right. and what they did then. Right, right, right. Wow. I mean, the work that you're doing is great because I do think that it was through, by sharing your own story and your experience that you get people more comfortable to share their stories and therefore yeah. you kind of relieve the, the taboo around topics, you know, just by mm -hmm. talking about them and normalizing the conversation around this. And how do yeah. you see your work moving forward from now? Um, I mean, I think what I want to start getting into now is um, facilitating other people to share their stories. Um, so I think I've written quite a few posts that are quite general and then a few that are quite personal based on my own experience. And then I always get, you know, like I said, always a lot of com there's always a lot of conversation generated from those posts. And I would love to have the Bleed Read be an opportunity for other menstruators to tell their stories. Right. And so we sort of started that already where um, I just asked people, hey, would you be willing to write about your experience? I don't know what the topic will be, but would you be open to sharing your experiences and your thoughts? And so I have this email list and I just send out uh, topics and people volunteer to write on it. And my hope is that over the next couple of months, we're going to share those. Um, and whether the person wants to share their name or not uh, is fine, but just to get other perspectives from different types of menstruators. So, you know, um, older women who may be um, about to go through menopause, maybe really young girls who haven't started the period, but, you know, have had experiences because a friend has, or, you know, they've learned about it in school, or they talked about it with someone, um, people in the trans community, uh, people in, you know, same sex partnerships, and all of that, because the, the, the narratives are so different. People will suffer from endo, um, people right. who, yeah, people who, 
men used to menstruate but don't anymore because maybe they had to get their uterus removed what has that meant to them um just all of that kind of stuff i think again it's about showing people that there's such a diversity to menstrual experiences and we're not alone and we can learn from each other and um there's just so much to be said around around menstrual issues yeah that's great that's beautiful actually and it is yeah. true. I think it's important for people to know that there's no like the the one way of menstruating, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's yeah, not exactly. only one narrative. Exactly. I think that's so important. I don't. I don't know if you saw. So one of the things when we were when I was starting the bleed read is I just could not find any illustrations of girls that look like me, like. There were no black girls. There were no girls with like, you know, natural hair. And I just thought it would be so cool to, you know, um, add to the sort of um, illustrations around periods that show women of color as well. Yes. Um, and trans trans people that menstruate as well. Um, so that that was also really, really important. Right. Are you are you working on the on the illustration yourself? Do you work with an so illustrator? I, Yes, I work with an illustrator um, who's actually my sister. Oh, <laughs> so wow. Just, yeah, so I just sit with her and just do uh, sort of concept boards around what I'm looking for, what I'm thinking, what I want. And then she, with her amazing talent, brings it all to life. She is very talented. I really love your illustrations, actually. I find them very Thank beautiful you. and very sensual and very, like they're like, you know, I don't know, I, f I find them very aesthetically engaging as well right thank you thank you so much yeah but they are beautiful and i like the fact that they're so inclusive right so yes that's, yeah that's important yes definitely because i also feel like the narrative like you know like a lot of times like you hear yeah that's like you know a western white problem like you know the period mm. problem uh, mm. but it's not true i do feel it's really worldwide right it is definitely you know, because even when I started the, the, my documentary, they were telling me like, yeah, yeah this is not a problem. Like, this is a problem you guys have in the Middle East. We don't have this problem in North America. Like, a oh, really? Yeah, that was like the, <laughs> the first <laughs> nope, time. Like, it's like, well, actually, no, you do have a problem. <laughs> like, <Yeah>. maybe, <laughs> you know. You just don't know about it. Yeah, or you kind of pretend not to have one, right? Yeah, yeah. But yeah, definitely. Yeah. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much, Mandy, for having this conversation with me. Um, and I do, I hope, like, uh, I don't know if I can contribute at one point on your blog. Oh gosh, I would yes, love to. That would be amazing. <laughs> you that know? would be absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That's what it's all about. And I just want to thank you so much for, for reaching out and for, you know, for this conversation. Cause I, I just, yeah, it's been really, really great speaking to you. Yes. Kind of likewise of sharing stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you as well. Because, uh, you know, I think the more people talk about things like this, the more open the world becomes and the less of a taboo it becomes. So we need more people talking and sharing as much as possible. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much. And I'll Thank you for listening, and don't forget to share, like, and subscribe, and participate in my first period project or the pad art. All information are on the site 
hyphenbleed.com. Thank you.